And welcome to another edition of the Sartorian Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, coming back one more time. And let's jump right into the download. Now, this is a game that when I first saw the trailer, I didn't know what to make of it, but upon looking over the synopsis and watching the trailer again and then popping into it this past weekend, I have to say it is a pleasant surprise and one that I think you will enjoy. The game is entitled Venba. It's on the PS4, 5, Xbox One. It's on every damn thing. <laughs> okay, literally, it's on everything. Every major platform and PC and more importantly, with regards to this case, it's on Game Pass. Now, it's an adventure game from Visaya Games. Venba is a short narrative cooking game where you play as an Indian mom who immigrates to Canada with her family in the 1980s. Players will cook various dishes and restore lost recipes, hold branching conversations, and explore in this story about family, love, loss, and more. One of the beautiful things that I've loved about gaming over the past couple of years is for these sort of non-conventional games to tell such amazing stories. And I go back to unpack, um, unpacking uh, about a year or two ago and just the story that that game told was just so awesome and had so many twists and turns about what happened through this young lady's life it was was really amazing you never know what you're going to get with each level each puzzle and the part of the story that it told which is why a game like venba is one that once i learned more about it i became more exciting for um i am and i'm sure you are as well very familiar with all of the cooking games that are out there but this one takes that sort of cooking game uh, motif that style and wraps so many layers of story around it and one of the more exciting parts of this game i'm looking forward to is to understand indian culture more so through food i've been told and even learned in experiences the best way to learn about a culture through is food and even this is a digital representation learning about the indian culture through the creation of these digital dishes seeing the life of this family at his transitions from india to canada and their progression through the years is just simply amazing and it is one that i think that many more of these smaller sort of uh genre games just really demonstrates such a great narrative in this game i will say this as well even if you don't have game pass this is a relatively inexpensive game this is 15 bucks on all the consoles and at timeless recording uh the week that it re well debuted it was on sale in many places for about 20 or 30 percent off i don't know the math at the moment but it was about 12.74 on game pass as well as steam deck or steam i should say and remember if you have game pass you automatically get like a 10 to excuse me 20 or 30 percent discount on if you buy a game that's on game pass so it's one of those things where it's it's a it's an inexpensive game 
and it's one that speaks to the whole family. So I highly recommend uh, Venba to pick up from Versailles Games. Now, last week I talked about BlurCon, and the week before that, you heard the entire panel with myself, Dana, Will, and Frenchie, aka Kita from BlurCon. Well, as you can imagine, it is convention season. Well, really, conventions never stop depending on where you live, but it's convention season for me. And it did not kick off with BlurCon. I actually attended uh, two other cons, well, one other con, and then I interviewed someone who is sponsoring or starting a new con in Baltimore next year but we'll get to her after we get through these two great interviews with uh, both Gerald DeBose and and Michael Thompson who I spoke to back at Big Lick Comic Con Nova back in April and then we're going to jump to well you know what I'll surprise you after that let's talk to Gerald and Michael here at Big Lick Comic in Northern Virginia Comic Con that is and we're here with Gerald from the Enigma, what do we Enigma Universe Comics. We're going to let him talk about his comics and about it and just basically how he got into being comics in the first place. To the quality of the story, to the quality of the artwork, it's going to be all a premium type of experience for our readers. We want to focus on bringing fine arts and comics and merging those two worlds. Now, Enigma itself, what you have here is episode one. This is the first episode of a nine-part story arc that focuses on our anti-hero set in Wolfton Dream City. So episode one is the original or the origin story or what we call the backstory of Enigma. So it sets up the who, what, where, and why. It follows the Day family, a prominent family in Wolfton Dream City, again our version of Washington DC, that through that family turmoil and fallout eventually leads to the creation of the anti-hero Enigma. So all of these books are available on www.universecomics.com. You can follow us online at Instagram. You can find us at Universe Comics, Y-O-U-N-A-Verse. Not Universe, U-N-I-V, Y-O-U-N-A-Verse Comics. All right, thanks so much. We're here with a very young creator, but a very talented creator, Mr. Michael Thompson, and he's going to talk to us today about some of his published works, self-published uh, writer, artist, just a jack of all trades. Michael, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for coming by and talking to me. Uh, I'm having a great day here at uh, Big Lake Comic Con Nova. And uh, I've been writing and publishing my books since I was 13 years old. Uh, my first series ever was the Chicken Boy series. And he was an ordinary chicken until he ate radioactive birdseed. Now he's super strong and he fights crime and saves the world from monsters and mad scientists in a town where nothing's ever quite normal. Uh, this was inspired by a lot of the doodles and drawings that I did in my class. Uh, my fourth grade teacher was a big inspiration to me, and as a thank you for not punishing me for drawing in class, but also encouraging me uh, to tell stories, he gets a cameo in every book. And I'll show you that right here. He's kind of hidden on the pages uh, in there on billboards and stuff. you got to find him. And uh, yeah, there's four in the series right now. Tell us about World of the Orb. World of the Orb, yes. So uh, I also do young adult fantasy novels. This is World of the Orb. It's about two best pals on a field trip to the Museum of Natural History. They sneak away from the group and break the one rule, which is not to go in the artifact room and definitely not to touch the orb. And when they do, they're zapped and cast headlong into an alternate world of monsters, myths, and magic that sets them on an epic, harrowing adventure across these strange lands to find Earth again. Immersive imagery, witty dialogue, but it moves cinematically. Keep you turning the page. Great for anyone who loves fantasy or sci-fi adventures. And, and, oh, everyone can find me at michaelthompsonbooks.com. 
Uh, there I've got some of my other series, like my Sea Monster Adventure novels, the Winslow Hoffner series. The sequel's coming out really soon. And uh, as you can see, Winslow's tackling monsters like the Loch Ness Monster and the Kraken in these books. It's like your classic fisherman's tales with real monsters. Uh, I'd love to provide some great storytelling for anyone in the family, so check out michaelthompsonbooks.com and uh, see if you can find your new favorite adventure. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed those quick interviews with those fantastic creators from Big Lit Comic Con Nova. But as I said before, that's not the only con we've been to this year. We also attended a mini con of sorts in the DMV area at a local Barnes and Noble hosted by the audacious, excuse me, uh, Black Femme MMLLC. You know, uh, Brandy from the audacious Black Femme, someone who I met last year at Blurcom, who kept in contact, and she is behind a number of smaller events in the area really focused on accessibility uh, for not just the young but the old as well I should say the young at heart as well so we're going to jump to interviews with Rod Van Blake excuse me I always screw his name up I don't know why it's such a cool name but Rod Van Blake of Ancient Illuminations and then we're going to jump to an interview with the lady herself Brandy check it out Mr. Rob Blunt Excuse me, Rob Van Blake. I'm getting tongue-tied already today of the Yambani Chronicles. And we're going to talk to him a little bit, just to ask him about where all of this came from, the inspiration, and what it's all about. Rob, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Uh, like you said, Rod Van Blake, author of the uh, Yambani Chronicles, as well as the Ancient Illumination series. The Yambani Chronicles is my fantasy series. I published that in 2021. And then we've also been in the process of taking my prose and illustrating them into comic books and graphic novels as well. Uh, Yambani means home in Swahili. I love Lord of the Rings. I love uh, Game of Thrones, those stories, but there's not too many of us featured in those. So I wanted to create a fantasy world where we were prominently featured in a fantasy series. So that's why I came up with Yambani. Uh, it's ruled by the Orisha, uh, the West African gods of Yoruba. Um, so that's the Pantheon, Olorun, Oya, Shango, Babalu Aye, Ogun, all those guys are, who rule over that world. And basically magic ends up getting corrupted by a mage just making a deal with an unscrupulous god in order to try and bring his lost love back to him. And he in turn awakens elder dragons in the process and everybody wakes up figuring out what the heck is going on, why is this melody sweeping the land. So that's kind of how my fantasy series starts out. So how long have you been doing this? I published Ancient Illumination in 2016. I probably started writing that book in 2004, but I let life get in the way and didn't finish it until around 2015. Published it in 2016. The second book in Ancient Illumination was published in 2018. In 2020, my third novel came out, Ancient Illumination 3. Of course, the pandemic hit and shut everything down. So then we did a Kickstarter for the graphic novel for that series, and we've got two volumes of that uh, that were published in 2020 and 2021, respectively. Uh, I have this second book in your body will be coming out next week. So, yeah, since 2016, I've been published. And where can everybody find Ancientillumination.net is my author website. You can find links to the books, the graphic novels, the comics, all that, as well as the schedule of appearances. I go to a lot of comic cons, book festivals, book fairs, and things of that nature. So you can find me at Ancientillumination.net. All right, thank you much, Rob. I appreciate it. We're here at this mini con at Barnes & Noble in Alexandria, Virginia with the mastermind behind our brandy of the audacious Black Fam LLC. Brandy, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for having us. Is this your second or third mini-con? This is my second mini-con. Okay, so where did this come from? Where did this idea come from, from the mini, for the mini-con? Oh, so it started during COVID, um, towards the end. Um, I wanted to get into uh, a situation where kids and youth can be um, at events that they can see different adults uh, that look like them doing different creative activities or different things they do for a living and feel as though that they can ultimately do it one day. One person could be a podcaster, somebody could be a comic book writer, somebody could be a Twitch gamer, and there are ways to do that for a living. I, I like how that sounds. Now, What? how did the partnership with Barnes & Noble come about? So um, it started, I... Uh, I can go a little bit further back. Um, I always enjoy going to different events with boarders in my youth. And that was the first thing I thought of when I thought, where should I hold my events? And so since boarders is not really around anymore, I started sending emails to uh, multiple Barnes and Nobles uh, in the area as well as Walden Books. And um, Heather, actually, she's the manager here, got back to me and was just like, we love the idea. We love it. Um, you know, let's sit down and talk about what that looks like. And we had an event last year um, with less people, obviously, but it had such a great uh, feedback. And so now this year we were thinking, well, let's bring in more uh, blurs. Let's bring in more creative professionals. Um, and now, as you can see, uh, <laughs> you know, you can see from our Twitter and you know, our Twitter, our Instagram and TikTok, more people come, more people are engaging. Okay, this one thing I've, I've really liked being here. It's I'm really enjoying the, the smaller sort of con aspect, especially over the years. It's a a better place really to talk and interact with creators, but also more so learn about their creations. And even with the not a large spread, but small spread you have here, there are a lot of great creators. Uh, you really get to talk one on one and learn specifically about what they do. And even more so to your point, it's even in a small variety, there's still a diverse number uh, of creators. Also, just their creations are very uh, diverse as well. Now, how did you go about contacting all the vendors and creators that you have here today? Thank you for asking. Um, I used to be an avid con goer. Um, I've been going to a lot of conventions. I finally sucked it up and made an Instagram. Um, my first person that reached out to me, you may be familiar with, is Juasa Graphics. Um, he's the one that gave me a little bit more direction and the right way to go with what I envisioned. Um, from there, I get introduced to different vendors. I get introduced to different podcasters, different cosplayers, uh, different creators. And from there, we all had a similar you know, vision and goal in mind. And we started talking about you know, where we want to go from whether or not we want to do conventions or our own events. And here we are. Now, I had a conversation with another convention planner the other day, which would be up probably by the time you see this will be up already but one of the things we talk about or we talked about as far as this area with the DMV if you're a blurred if you're a geek you're eating good right now there's something going on pretty much every single month when you really stop and look at it how has that impacted maybe the structure of what you're doing here um it, 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 it really hasn't, you know. Um, I, I see all these events going on. Um, I take um, a lot of, uh, you know, notes. Uh, people like Plus Ultra Entertainment, people like um, 
you know, other people who have events and things like, like DJ Senpai, he goes to BlurCon and things like that. I take notes, I watch. Um, whatever they do that works, you know, I either work with them or I try to do it, you know, my own way because, you know, they have their own flair. I can never copy their flair. Um, I'm not a front-running person, so my belief is that my team or my partners shine um, through, you know, uh, our, our goals and our message. All right, great. Now, tell us what's next for, for you. What what events do you have next or where else we'll be able to find you? Oh, thank you. So um, we're going to be planning more mini-cons. Um, these are, you know, obviously events to promote Blurred uh, content creators. We will be going to several conventions this summer. Um, we're looking into going to Otakon. Um, well, you can look at our page. We have a couple. We have a list. Um, we're also looking at starting a festival next year, which is similar to what we do here, except we'll be on a you know a bigger aspect. It'll be on a bigger you know outside, probably in the summertime, um, as well as you know start doing more international things um, within the next three to four years. Thank you. I forgot that one. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at the Audacious Black Femme uh, or the Audacious Black Femme LLC. Um, we'll be making a lot of content, and we enjoy having fun. Thank you, Brandy. Appreciate it. this. Has been really great. I'll see you guys next time. And those were takes some conventions that have actually happened. That actually exists. Let's talk to someone who is bringing something new to fruition in the form of Chromacon taking place next March in good old Baltimore, Maryland, my hometown. We talked to Miss Brittany Marriott Blount about the inspiration for Chromacon and how it's going to be different from the rest. Let's take a listen. Here with cosplay extraordinaire Brittany Marriott blunt aka karenai kiba how you doing today Brittany? i'm great how are you today i am i'm doing well and i was i was saying before like i always get suggested for you as a friend so clearly we run the same circles and just have <laughs> never met <laughs> you know geekdom is a small world when you really think about it it sure is, especially when it comes to deep, like mad, like geekdom, especially in this area. Yes. It's like, I know, hands down, just from what you just said, I was like, you probably know about 16 to 30 of my friends already. <laughs> More than likely, yep, and vice versa. So right. I wanted to talk to you, outside of just being a cosplay extraordinaire, uh, there are, I would say, there's a, this geeks are eating really good uh nowadays and just with the sheer amount of content but also the convention circuit is just exploded and i just think you know awesome con in the dc area is it's this is the 10th anniversary of awesome con i went to the first couple and i remember with just in that little room in the convention center now is literally the whole convention center and i think that really speaks to how especially the past 10 years everything has exploded and, and again we are in the dmv so there's always something going on there all there's always a con really throughout the years starts in in january what were katukan is it katukan no, oh, yeah. Katu and magfest yeah. mm -hmm. um and then it, it just goes pretty much up until i really say baltimore comic-con 
No, 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 no. Because um, StellarCon is in in Bel Air, and that's in that's October. Right. That's in, yeah, October, November. There's Fright Week right. uh, around right. well. So honestly, yeah. we really get like a good break around Christmas, and even then, I think there's like a huge Christmas festival at the harbor. So we right. really don't. DMV likes to party, basically. And, and if we really <laughs> wanted to, we could always drive down to OC because isn't there Comic Con like in December uh, or something like that? Yeah, exactly. It was like, so, there's, yeah, Ocean City Comic Con. And I think they just had Ocean City or anime Ocean City. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Somebody was talking about that the other day yeah. I was listening to. So we, we I bring up cons because Brittany is the chair of a brand new con coming to uh, Charm City. Uh, for those that are old enough, the, the city that reads. I'm, I'm yeah. from Baltimore originally, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We believe, again, if you know, you know, uh, but it is Chromacarn, which is going to be held March 1st through the 3rd in 2024. So we got a, a little bit of time at the Hilton Baltimore Inner Harbor. And if you've been to Baltimore Comic Con, you know exactly where that, <laughs> that is. It's just down the street. <laughs> so, Brittany, I want to ask you, why another con? What, what gave you the idea for this convention? Well, there is a, it, it's really funny because the entire team actually comes from like kind of uh, living the con life, whether like some of us do staff, some of us do artist alleys full time, um, uh, some of us perform or give panels at conventions and we all travel a lot. It's like, but one thing that we didn't, that, you know, that we kind of saw is just like, there's a lot of nerdy things that were flourishing in Baltimore that unfortunately has left. While we still love Otacon, some of us still staff Otacon, you know, they left and now they're in DC. Um, we used to really frequent the uh, comic book museum that was down here. There's plenty of like video game places that were here. There's the pinball museum, so many wonderful nerdy stuff that was here. And they are either they've gone out of business or they moved to DC, and it's like there is a huge hole left behind. There's so many awesome people that are still here that have to make the travel to DC if they can uh, to get to these cool shows. So we're like, why not just do one here? So we tried to make sure that we found like that one pocket that there weren't any shows happening in the general area, uh, which is why we chose early March. And we decided to go ahead, let's make sure that this is just as quirky as Baltimore is. So we're focusing on the artists, the creatives, local talents from here in the area, as well as some other ones as well. Um, and just really kind of have an ode to creativity here in Baltimore City. I love that. Again, I'm born and raised in Baltimore, even though I don't live there anymore. So I understand exactly what you're saying walk what you're talking there's so many sort of geeky things that were there that have either closed down or mm -hmm. moved and and it's funny i'm thinking i just rode up downtown i think a ciwa was going on i went up for for an event and i rather and i am a little bit further south of dc now but mm -hmm. i'd rather drive to baltimore than drive to into dc for an event <laughs> at times or even catch the metro depending on the day um because traffic is still it's still dmv okay. traffic that's fair. however <laughs> downtown baltimore is so easy to get in and get out of and i will say this even on game days they don't try to gouge you in parking right right i went to 
and just 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 for an example, I went to the O's Nats game a couple weeks ago. Took the train in, took like an hour to get there. So I was like, I refuse to park. My man who met me there, he's like, Yeah, I walked by. They charge him fifty dollars for parking. I was like, They doing what? Fifty dollars for parking? Wow. What? Right, exactly. That would that would never happen in the O's game. They would never charge you fifty dollars for parking yeah. in the O's game, yeah. ever. In in the O's yeah. game, look. One thing about Baltimore, we love our Orioles, we love our Ravens. Even if they suck, we are there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We still got that pride. It does not exactly. Right. And <laughs> that goes into the sort of that pride you're talking about, as far as you know. There's a a thriving you know community there even going so far as i think really with that like artscape is like the only thing that's really left and that's not truly geeked them i remember especially high school and college autocon and artscape were like the same weekends that was <laughs> beautiful <laughs> i leave one and go to the other <laughs> right <laughs> so they, i understand that on a lot of avenues and i know there have been it was a couple of like one con had tried and they they famously failed a couple years back. Yeah. Um, I forget what Universal Con whatever. So really, the only yeah. thing that's left there is Baltimore Comic Con, and I totally get it. like there isn't any other avenue for that inclusiveness. But also, I see that you got a lot of some voice actors. Uh, mm -hmm. Not say anime focused, but a lot more anime than say a a Baltimore Comic Con, which is I love it to death. Is just really comics, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> you know, specifically. Right. Exactly. Like, hey, I I'm, get I'm glad it's demographic. I get it. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. So you, you talked about that weekend. So who who are you targeting? Like, what sort of guests? I see you have some voice actors there. Mm. Like, what kind of guests are you you looking to bring in for this? That's a difficult one uh, because instead of because we don't really look at. We don't look too much at engagement uh, or follower counts. Well, we look more at engagement than we do when it comes to follower counts, when it comes to like researching and like seeing these certain certain folks that we would like to invite. But the main focus is just to make sure it's like, okay, we wanna make sure we hit as many different things as possible. So there's something and someone for everyone. So we have some that voice for our video games. We have some that voice for anime. Um, there's some that's a little older, some that's a little younger, um, as well as some other guests that I can't really talk about yet. And Understood. of course, but we also want to go and focus on, um, that's why we also have uh, Jessica Cage is a novelist. So if you're more of an avid reader than anything like that. Um, but one thing that we do like to see is that we like to see that you're, you recognize and you cater to everyone and that's who we want as well so as well as the fact that you're very open to you know like being able to like hang out with people talk to people talk with your fans you know actually you know you're not going crazy on twitter <laughs> or anything like that but it's still like one of those where you're active in the community as well and it will be a benefit to have you right there uh in front of your fans 
actively like interacting with them and just enhancing the experience because we want to create a nice unique experience to be like oh cool i got to sit and talk with jessica cage for 20 minutes about having poc characters take the lead in all of her novels things like that that we want and it's like we're trying to make sure that we curate really cool moments and that's our main focus whenever it comes to us like trying to see who we can have at our show I like that. I like the moments part of it because I, I personally, I have kind of steered away from the humongous cons, um, and really started traveling more so to the smaller ones simply because of that interaction of those moments of the up close and personal, not just with the guests, but also. Mm-hmm with the attendees, with the cosplayers, and also right. we we know about the ick. <laughs> the more people there are, what is somebody, a friend of mine called the con crud? <laughs> like that, that, that's a real thing. But I, I, I like that idea. And I think for me, that's why I enjoy going to BlurCon so much, even though it's would pack like sardines in there it's still a small con (laughs) (laughs) um and you can still just talk to people and i loved like i remember last year all the general jones was just talking to people there and again we're not here to talk about blur con but i I use as an example of in my head what i think chroma con is going to be like you know it's a small sort of intimate con it's very much focused on not just the guests but also the experience i see that you also have a, um, a cafe and a bunch of other events that are going on as as well so i guess let me ask you this question what is sort of you know you're planning out the first one it's going to be a success i'm speaking into existence now uh what where do you see this kind of transitioning to in the next say three years five years maybe a bit too long oh. My goal is for downtown Baltimore dominance. That's that's my main goal. So we can go ahead, we can interact with as many uh, like local restaurants, uh, local places, because I would like, don't get me wrong, I love Dragon Con. It will probably never be that big uh, in three years. And I was like, but I love the way that, and especially before Otakon left, I loved how downtown also got involved with convention. And I would yes. like that. You know, it was like, so it's one of those where there were points where like I was on the light rail in full costume, like uh, snapping photos with people and hanging out with them before I head to the con. But then also, you know, that whole experience wasn't just the convention center. It was all through that Pratt Street strip. And I just thought that was so cool. And I would like to recreate that. I understand. And I, I do. It had been a long time since I've been to Otocon before they moved, which is even when I, I used to frequent a lot. Yeah. It was a di- different atmosphere. Otocon is just, because it was so big and it drew so many people, it just, yeah, it downtown came alive with it. And I, I think that's a very doable, but I, I just, such an aspirational goal that that sort of, let me put it this way. <laughs> and you understand what I'm about to say. <laughs> Listen, ladies and gentlemen, watching this, I understand that for most of you, probably 95% of you watching this, your only experience with Baltimore or of Baltimore is either watching The Wire 
or hearing about the wire yeah and whatever you see on certain news channels about some of the bad things that go on here go on there it's not all like that and and i will say the the wire there's factuality in that <laughs> about how some things operated and i've seen i saw firsthand growing up but baltimore is such a vibrant place and such a beautiful place for the arts that just people just don't know about and when otakon was there specifically because it was so large that is something that you really saw between otakon and artscape um and artscape's still there yeah it's such a, a city rich with art rich with, rich with um geekiness blurred them and that's something that's so under the radar so i think you know just based on what you said and also you have a niche there that nobody else is filling realistically i, I yeah. think that it, it could really bring a positive light on the city i would love that i would love that i'd welcome it with open arms and you are right and it's like now i understand that that's i would also suggest watching hairspray as well because there's a little yes bit of i agree <laughs> there are points where i'm like um from just the random performances that you can run into from the millions of i'm sorry not millions but a lot, so many venues that are here that are just right. for performances uh the art schools that we have right. uh and then just oh god there's there's so many cool spots here that people right. don't know about that you know i would like i would like more highlights on and i'm like yeah i understand just but just like all television yeah, you know, there's a lot of sensationalization when it comes to that as well as with the news. My favorite was when um, the the riots were happening, and uh, they were talking. They were showcasing a McDonald's on fire, but it was from Russia. And I'm like, that's <laughs> it's not even here. <laughs> it's not even here. And I was living at that point. I was living in the quote unquote like worst spot in the city it was quiet as heck so i just don't it's it there's there's so many when i was like there's so many occurrences that you know it's like as soon as you take as soon as you grab onto something negative they just take it and run with it right, um, right, right. we're gonna change that we want to change that and we are going to change it so. i like that sound now you mentioned hairspray so which hairspray movie we're talking about here ah okay well we could go with the broadway show of course and i was like but i think more people have seen the movie with john travolta um and i was like but my personal favorite is the one with divine because thank you okay that's it from <laughs> you gotta go john waters original john, divine, exactly Ricky right. Lake. yeah like, you, you got to Right, I'm like I live downtown. I like my everyday is Baltimore. I'm walking distance from the venue. I can hear ball. I can hear people cheering when they play baseball from my kitchen. So this is one I'm like. I love it here. It's so great, and I want to make sure that you know I can create an experience with an amazing team. Um, as you've already met some of them or one of them. Yes, I have. 
right, to be able to create something really, really cool. And I hope other people can go ahead and shine that bright light, like you were saying, on Baltimore once again. Uh, I love what I'm hearing. This was an interview that was supposed to happen. No <laughs> wonder I keep getting the suggestion to be your friend. <laughs> uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll definitely be following uh, Chromacon as more and more announcements come out over the next year-ish. Um, but, uh, Brittany, tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me across all platforms as Kiba, but then you can find my con as Chromacon also on all platforms and make sure to tune in every friday because we do we're starting a feature friday where we got we announce something large every friday thank you very much appreciate it you guys stay tuned for more <laughs> and don't fret convention season is not over we're definitely looking forward to baltimore comic-con next month i think i'm just gonna take it easy for the rest of august and really hit baltimore hard and you know we also got exotica coming up at the end of the year so definitely look forward to some more from the convention circuit but of course even at the conventions you gotta smell good and that leads us to our fragrance of the week now the fragrance of the week is a new addition to the collection actually sent in by a listener so i appreciate it it is none other than mandrina duck black you can actually find this one very cheaply online you can get a 100 ml bottle for about 30 bucks now this one's going to have top notes of tangerine indian pepper and bergamot middle notes of tonka bean orange blossom and tiare and then base notes of atlas cedar and my sore sandalwood now i've worn it two days straight at the time of this recording it is sweet it is synthetic it is spicy it is witty on my skin the sweetness really comes through i get the fruitiness in the top with the tangerine and the bergamot so it's like a syrupy citrus as is what you would expect the indian pepper gives a hint of spiciness not a whole lot on to me on my skin or with my nose but much like one of my favorite cheapies uh home and nor by john mark paris the orange blossom really shines through especially with the tonka bean i think that on my skin the orange blossom kind of just melds everything together in this sweet woody spicy goodness and it's one that surprisingly at least on my skin it is it is not a projection monster by any means but it is one that on my skin i get a nice long-lasting pronounced skin scent throughout most of the day uh, this is one that you can definitely overspray if you think it's not really taking that well to your skin it's not one that will choke people out because it's really sweet. It's not a musky or a heavy fragrance to begin with. So it is one that is definitely going to, you know, not offend. It's one I think is good for the office as well. Again, it's small. Well, it's inexpensive. It's only about 30 bucks, 100 ml, something that you can just throw in your gym bag, throw in your work bag, spray it on works really well it's a really serviceable fragrance i am very much enjoying it and i'm looking forward to seeing how it really takes with the heat even more so i will say this though this is not a bad late summer 
early fall fragrance or even early spring fragrance i'm not sure how it'll really do with the heat and humidity but the heat has calmed down here over the past few days so it has really worked nicely with the coolness um, of these sort of late summer days so that is my take on mandrina duck black or pure black so how can you support us now i don't know if you've been watching youtube but we have gone through two basil and sage boxes one for july and one for june and then more of an in-depth review on some of the products i really love so you can get your own subscription box for a certain percentage i believe is 10 percent off your first box by using the code sartorio and geek 10 or webster tile can either one will work um i've enjoyed the products they are well worth the $50 that a regular subscription costs. You get so much more than that. In the last box in July, there was a Snoop Dogg cookbook. That book by itself retailed for $25. Bucks. Uh, the deodorant that was inside of it was another $13. Uh, then the playing cards were 11 and that's not even including the candle or the bead. So there was a whole lot more than $50 retail price in that box and you'll find deals like that in every box so i suggest go check out basil and sage at basilandsage.com let them know that webster style sent you use your code sartorio and geek 10 or webster style 10 at checkout for a discount on your first box also you can become a producer now i will say i'm a bit been a bit lax on patreon but you can subscribe uh to patreon to get the websites or the not the websites <laughs> the uh podcast early also there's exclusive content that's there some uncut stuff from exotica 20 uh 22 that uh is not youtube friendly that's there as well as some off topic uh podcast that tackles some topics that we don't normally talk about here on the tutorial geek podcast so all that is there you can become a patron for the one dollar three dollar or five dollar tiers again not that expensive but i promise you i'll make it well worth your money also Pete and Pedro, I love their fragrances. Again, I am not the biggest fan of using a lot of hair products, so I can't tell you about their hair products, but their fragrances are really top notch. And for what you get for 50 bucks for a 50 ml bottle, is just absolutely amazing. I rewore Villain the other day and it was blazing hot outside. And it's not a fragrance that I would think to wear in the summertime. But I absolutely loved how the smokiness and that tobacco just really works so well with that blistering heat. It just irradiated off of my body because it was just so hot outside. It was it was beautiful. But that is only 50 bucks worth 50 ml bottle. So check out Pete and Pedro user code eHawks10 or the link in the show notes. And if you are tired of syrupy, caffeinated, just uh energy drinks try dubby uh get 10 percent off your first purchase with the code webster man by using the link in the show notes or the code webster man itself make sure you check me out all over the place on the internet uh the nrw nerds of the world i am there at least twice a week maybe more depending on how many things we tape with regards to reactions and how or nighttime all over uh that channel 
Check me out every week with my man, Brian Saf. Correction, the legendary Brian Saf. Uh, on the NRW Checkpoint, talking about the latest and greatest in game releases and gaming news. Uh, then check me out with my man, Kuya P. And Sean, voiceover king Mongo, as we form the NRW House of Black, talking about wrestling on Kfabi Baby, the NRW Ring Generals podcast. Every week you'll find me there, but of course, every day you'll find me on social media on Instagram and website on Sotorian Geek, uh, Twitter or X as they want to call it now, which is the dumbest rebranding ever. You can find me at Webster Style or on TikTok at underscore Webster Style. Anything and everything you can find. If you don't want to go there, you can find all of the above reposted repurposed reimagined over at websterstyle.com and if you want to drop me a link show notes suggestion or just want to get up in touch with me and say hey drop me an email info at websterstylemagazine.com again thank you for your time thank you for your listening ear remember stay safe out there and be blessed Tuesday had to be bow tie Thursday. Had to be white Wednesday. Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't. Wear, oh, I miss million them heels killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bow tie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp. Hey, acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Killing. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchased. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset. Smoking hot, rocking this pen so thin. Tie hairline, looking like a stencil. Pimp, no lie, I'm shopping in the utensil. Instrumental, plain dang, homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang bang, honey. See them plain James, honey. Them lame friends, honey. We tell it, fit it crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, mommy. Look a lady, main thing, want me on the scene. Fit popping like a main vein, running blood color, lips smashing with the hand. Clutch money, holding bag, kind of funny. Can you tell me what's the price I got the range? Rover. Hang on me when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a lip like an ankle sprang on me. Yeah, I rocked the cardigan. She don't really want me because one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. And the one girl should fit it out in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. No one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. And the one girl should fit it out in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them
One man should have all that styling. Take it off, clothes on the floor piling. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. Oh, you wanna see? Oh, I completely read that wrong.